Hey everybody, welcome to Cowboy Junction. So glad you're here. Our, our online campus is joining us today. All the young men at the Juvenile Detention Center are online right now. Can you help me welcome all the young men at the Juvenile Detention Center? Glad you're here. So uh, listen, I have one announcement before we get going today. Next week is the end of the year offering, okay? Let's all say it together. The end of the year offering. Now that everybody knows, let me tell you what it is. It's the one offering. We don't do a bunch. We do one end of the year offering to honor our Father and all the things that He wants to do. The things that we got our hands in, the things that we're going and doing. And we have some big things around here that we need this offering to go towards. This is what I've asked you to do for the last couple of weeks. Just simply pray, God, what does our family need to do? It's so, so simple. But now we're going to take this week and we're going to pray over this offering next week. And let me just tell you, we're going to pray that God supernaturally provides through his people. That whatever it is that he's asking us for, that the ones that step in and say, God, whatever you want me to do, that it would be that channel that God would say that I'm going to do it through you. And I'm going to bless your family. And I'm going, because you are open and available, I'm going to show you what I want you to do. Next week, we're going to take this offering. It's going to be the end of the message. And it's every year we do this, it is always exciting to see what God does. Um, we don't want to be a burden. Uh, our offerings should be a blessing to God, but also to us. I envision in my head what it would be like in the Old Testament. The priest would stand before the whole city and say, We're, the, the, the day of celebration is coming. The day that we honor God with our offering is coming. Get your heart right. Get ready. Don't give God a no. Let's give God our very best. And all throughout the week, they would be stirring it up in the community. Would there be some that would say, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's that time of day, that time of year. Here we go again. Yes, but you can't do anything about them. I want to talk about the ones that you could just sense the excitement in the community as they turned to little kids and little kids turned to them and said, have we got our offering ready? Have we got our offering ready? And the dad who's leading the way saying, guys, this is our moment as a family to honor God with our very best. We are believing that this building would be paid off very soon. This is a $6.5 million building that we've built two years ago. We've been in it for two years. And we are down to only $2 million that we owe on it. Isn't that amazing? And it's because we've been good stewards and we've chipped away at it. And this end of the year offering has just knocked chunks out of it. I'm believing in two years, three years, four years, however many years, but soon we will be debt-free again. And that's going to happen when God's people say, this is my home. Our family is blessed because of what you're doing, God, at Cowboy Junction Church. We are not going to ignore it. We're going to step into it. And we are going to ask, God, what do you want us to do? And if you can do that, let me just tell you, this isn't a church thing. This is a kingdom of God thing. 
And our family has stepped in as well. And we're leading the way. Ours gonna, we're, our offering is going to be the first offering dropped in because we just feel like the beans need to lead the way in this. But we're one week away. And next week when you walk in, that's what I'm asking, is that you walk in with an offering that you have prayed about, you've prepared your heart for, and you're joyful. Um, I don't know. Growing up with Maggie Bean, my mom, and, Dust, and brother Dusty Bean, she would have made us go to the altar with her to put the offering in. She would have said, come on, boys, let's go. And we'd have been like, Mom, come on, just go do it. Just go, Mom, it's your money. We didn't have anything to do with it. And my mom wasn't teaching us about money. My mom was teaching us about how we honor God as a family. And that affected me more than anything. So with that, let's pray. Father, we love you. I pray for a miracle, Lord, that your people would put you first. Lord, we've prepared, we've talked about, we've communicated well, and now we're one week away from our end of the year offering. We stop as a church and we pray. Father, we want to see the cancellation of the debt of this building so that we can focus on the most important things. Where do you want us to go and what do you want us to do? Jesus, this building has been such a blessing, such a blessing. It's been a blessing for what we've been able to do and as a staff and offices. We didn't have offices really before. And it's been a blessing on how we've served the community with funerals and weddings. And Father, what a blessing to host Iron Men and, and, and create women and the women's conference. And, and Father, just different groups in our community have, have used this facility for pro-life things and just different stuff. And you've blessed us. But now, Lord, I pray that you would supernaturally provide so that we can cancel out this debt. You are where our hope is and our trust. And now, Lord, work through your people. I pray for generosity and I pray that we would see how good you've been to us and how can we honor you. I pray for this end of the year offering that it honors you. We love you, we thank you, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Y'all ready for today? Yeah, okay, here we go. We've been in a series at Cowboy Junction called 10,000 Minutes. 10,000 minutes came from looking and doing the math and figuring it out. Then one week, you were given 10,080 minutes. Now, if you look, we spend about 80 minutes in church. So we're looking at the 10,000 minutes we live outside of church, okay? And, and one of the things that comes up, and we've talked about this over the last several weeks, is in looking at how we do our 10,000 minutes, this can become a pressure thing. It can become something that we're like, oh my gosh, I have 10,000 minutes in a week. I better do it better for the Lord. I, I, better, I better be a better steward of the 10,000 minutes I've been given. And if you approach it from a guilt perspective, you're not going to do it right. Guilt never brought you closer to Jesus if we're going to try to honor him. The reality is, is Jesus didn't want you to do more he wants you to do life with him. It's not a 
do for Jesus. It's a with Jesus. What if we didn't live our life as if I'm going to do this for Jesus and this for Jesus and this for Jesus. What if we lived life on I want to learn how to live my 10,000 minutes outside of this building with Jesus. And it's been fun. The first week we started off asking, well, what, what does it look like to be a good neighbor with Jesus? And then we got to go be a good neighbor. We actually had the shortest sermon ever in Cowboy Junction history. It was like three minutes long. And then I turned to everybody and said, okay, now it's time to go be a good neighbor. And we walked out the doors and people went and mowed neighbor's grass. People went and helped at Walmart. People went and took people out to eat. It was a lot of fun. Um, I had a blast. Uh, the next week... We, uh, we did Pumpkin Palooza also on one particular week. We covered how to be a good neighbor, Pumpkin Palooza. We covered your body. How do we, how do we address our body with Jesus? We, we talked about your soul. And today we're going to talk about your spirit. And your spirit and soul are so closely linked. But when we ask when it comes to body, soul, and spirit, what does it look like? if we were to live life with Jesus in these areas. Body and soul are kind of easy to understand, but soul and spirit, you have to really think about how much alike they are, but how different they are. So let me start off by saying this. I want my spirit, my spirit man, to walk with Jesus. And as a pastor, I want your spirit person, your spirit man, your spirit woman, I want you to learn how to walk with Jesus. When it comes to your spirit, let me just really narrow this down. Your spirit is the most important part of you. You have the body, the soul, you're going to be a good neighbor, you're going to learn how to live out, outside with people 10,000 minutes. But to be honest, your spirit is the most important part of you. And let me tell you why. Because your spirit is the place that God dwells. And we know that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but that's just it. The Spirit of God, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the moment you feel the knocking of, of, of the Holy Spirit on your, on your heart saying, you're not where Jesus is, you're not where Jesus is, and you realize, like we've all realized, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, I'm broken. Who can fix me? And we point you to Jesus. The moment that you surrender, like you saw these people in this baptism, they were showing you, I knew that I needed to die to myself to live in Christ. It's the whole story you just saw. And your spirit is the very thing that God communicates with. The Spirit is where God dwells. The Spirit has the ability of changing your soul. Your soul is your memories, your experiences, your heartbreak, your victories, your life. The soul is you. But to heal the soul comes from the Holy Spirit. To change the soul comes from Holy Spirit. To, to experience a transformation of your soul comes from inviting Jesus to walk with you in spirit and in truth. Now, God dwells in your spirit, but 
do you realize that the spirit heals the soul and then the soul leads the body? This is the beautiful harmony of what we've been getting to look at in the last couple of weeks of doing life with Jesus. And let me just stop real quick and let me address something that I think's kind of been this little thing that's been said. And I just, I just want to address something just for fun. Maybe you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And maybe you're going like, to go, dang, Ty went there. There is this little rumor Around, Cal, around, around Lee County, West Texas, where it starts, I don't care. Let's not even bring them up. But the issue of Cowboy Junction doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Cowboy Junction does not believe in the Holy Spirit. And let me turn to you right now and say we could not do what we do without Holy Spirit. Yeah. Holy Spirit is real. Holy Spirit is alive. We've got Jesus, who is the Son of God, that gave his life so that the blood of Jesus could wash my sins away. God the Father, who sits in heaven, sent his Son, sent at the right hand of, of the Father. And through the blood of Jesus, it gives us access to this incredible person called Holy Spirit. It, it's just as real as God saying, go be with Tybean right now. And Holy Spirit, the I can, he's right here. He's right here to know what to say, to know what to do, to feel his tugging and conviction, to feel his joy, his life. I believe in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, long-suffering. Uh, go on and on and on. It's, I believe every one of these gifts come from when we step into a relationship, a life with Holy Spirit. I believe in the, in, the, in the gifts of the Spirit. And I have benefited, this church has benefited by every one of the gifts of the Spirit. We have people in this room who have the gift of prophecy. And they can come to you and in one sentence give you from the throne room of God to your life right here information that will direct you and guide you and encourage you and challenge you and motivate you all in one moment that you know I couldn't have told you my story and you given me a better answer. And you didn't know anything about me, but you knew exactly what I needed. I've seen this so many times. I've seen, let me tell you, I, I have received my heavenly language. And in my private time, I am, you, you can't believe what my prayer life is like as I allow Holy Spirit to just stir his gift inside of me. People come to me and they go, Ty, how did you know I needed to hear that sermon? How did you know? And, and I think they actually think I go through everybody's junk. I look, I look at your bills or I look at your text messages. I'm too lazy for that, you guys. I'm too lazy for that. I seriously get alone in my office, and me and Holy Spirit, just I just let him talk to me, and I let him talk through me, and then I just begin to study where he tells me to study and to say what I need to say, and if you've ever been affected by a message spoken at Cowboy Junction, it wasn't person-led. It was Holy Spirit-led. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, from a young age, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I have the gift of tongues. You probably have never heard it because it's not, but about, you and, it's not about you and me. It's about me and him. I, I, have, I have been in a situation where we've been praying over someone and just the gift of tongues began to come up. And, and, and then we just paused. And someone with a gift of interpretation of tongues spoke up and said, 
Let me translate what, what God just spoke through you. And an incredible, encouraging word comes forward. We are spirit-led in this church. We are spirit-directed in this church. And if you've come to this church and you're like, but how come nobody breaks out in tongues? This church, we are spirit-led. And there is order. And there is a moment that every one of us leaves and know we just met with God without the confusion that sometimes other people have experienced. How other people do church, let them do church. But don't let them walk around pointing fingers at how other people do church when the Holy Spirit is active and alive and moving in this very area. And I just want to stop for a minute and tell you how real this is for me. If you've ever received from the Lord in this place, it was because Holy Spirit knocked on the door of your heart and hand-delivered you something that was meant to encourage you, challenge you, and move you forward to do life with Jesus. How was that? So from here on, if you ever hear anybody say, you go, okay, stop right there. I want you to go listen to Ty's message right before his 25th anniversary of being the pastor at Cowboy Junction, where he takes the whole sermon and talks about one of the greatest gifts, other than salvation, the day that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you ever want to know more, come see me. But in this room, that's what today's about. You have a spirit person in li living in you that the moment that you accept Christ as your Savior, you are connected because the Holy Spirit wooed you and you heard him say, kid, you're not where you're supposed to be. Come on, come on, come on. If we ever want to know being spirit-led, this is what we have to do. We must be born again. We must be born again. Now, this sounds like last week. Last week I said, your soul needs to surrender your will. Your soul needs to surrender. But your spirit must be born again. Now, if you struggle with this, if you're sitting here today and you go, Ty, what does it mean to be born again? Oh, you're not alone. Well, the smartest men that was ever on the earth, Nicodemus, struggled with this too. Nicodemus was a Christian or a, a, a church leader, a church leader who didn't believe in Jesus but was growing in believing. And he turned to Jesus and he asked, what does this mean? So we're going to take a look at it. If you've got your Bibles, if you've got your phones, iPads, if you've got your Bible in front of you, we're going to go to John. Matt, John's easy to find, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, okay? And then you're going to find John, we're going to go to chapter 3. Chapter 3 is right after 2 and right before 4, and we're going to go to verse 1, okay? And this is this incredible moment, and we're talking about if we're going to walk with Jesus in spirit and truth... We must be born again. John chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. Ruler of the Jews. Smartest of the smart. Intelligent of the most intelligent. He was known as the great Nicodemus. And he was searching out this Jesus thing. 
And this man came to Jesus by night, very interesting, didn't want anybody to see him during the day, meeting with Jesus. And he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, but no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Very interesting here in that Nicodemus actually calls Jesus Rabbi. Nicodemus, who had taken every Bible college class, had graduated every possible thing, had memorized all of the Old Testament, memorized every one of the laws, turns and says, Rabbi. The interesting thing here is that he says, I see that you're able to do these God signs and miracles. And what I want you to lean is you have Nicodemus who taught a Bible study on healing and Jesus who was healing. It is possible to know the word and not know the word. Okay, lean in here. To know words, but to not know the very word of God standing in front of you. He says, hey, how come it is? I notice that I'm teaching on all the things that you're doing, but I'm unable to do and I memorized every bit of this. I'm able to do the very things that you so easily do. And you have no degree. You don't have no Bible college education. It's just you. And Jesus answered and said to him, Nicodemus, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Now, if you struggle with this, so did Nicodemus. He turned and said this, how can a man be born when he is old? The mathematics don't work out. The physics don't work out. My mom would be very mad at me, Nicodemus says. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus turned to him and said, most assuredly, I say to you, listen to me, Nicodemus, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is of the flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. Now, I just want to point out something real important here. Some people teach what we're talking about here is the baptism. You are saved through baptism. And there are certain mountains that I will, I will stand on and defend with my life. My view on this, this is my teaching, this is my understanding, is we're not talking about water baptism here. You are not saved through water baptism. Jesus is saying, when does water break in a birth? Right before the birth takes place. Meaning that when the water breaks, it's time for the baby to come. And he's saying that if you're born of the water and you're born again through the Spirit, that's when you experience the kingdom of God. Meaning that you have to be born into this world and born again into the kingdom of God. There has to be a heart change, a complete shift, because flesh will only produce flesh, but that's which of the spirit will produce spiritual things. We're looking here at being born again, not from the water breaking, but born again with a transformation of your spirit. The story continues in verse 7. Do not marvel that I told you this, Nicodemus. You must be born again. But listen closely. 
The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but it cannot tell where it come, you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Stop. Does the wind blow in New Mexico? Gosh, dog, yes. But the truth is, every one of us should get this illustration. I want you to lean in real quick. How do you know where God wants you to go? How do you know what Jesus is inviting you to come with him with? And the truth is, is that we're looking at Jesus saying, if you're of the flesh, you're only going to fight the spirit. If you're of the flesh, you'll only fight the spirit. But if you notice, the wind's going to blow. And this representation is the Holy Spirit. The wind's going to blow whether you like it or not. The Holy Spirit is powerful, is free, and it won't argue with you. It's not going to debate with you. It's not going to argue with you. Because the Holy Spirit is powerful, is free, and goes where it wants to go. And this whole story is Jesus saying, Nicodemus, the only way you're ever going to know where the Spirit leads to the kingdom of God is if you're a part of the Spirit, not of the flesh. When the wind blows in the Holy Spirit and you're able to recognize it, you can either fight against it in the flesh or you can let go and go where the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm over here. You will gain momentum. You will gain energy because you have the Spirit blowing where it wants to go and you're willing to go with it. You must be born again. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, Nicodemus, are you not the teacher of Israel? Are you not the dude that should be getting this? And do you not know these things? Stop. There is a calling, a beckoning for every person in this room to step out of the old you and to be born again. There are some crazy Christian stuff you see Christians do that you're like, you guys are just crazy. I mean, honestly, seriously, you take, you, you, you take that seriously, you take that seriously, you, 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 the value of life. I've seen you guys just like, you'd give your life to save a baby. Uh, I, you look at the crazy Christians and like celibacy, like, like seriously, like, like seriously celibacy. And, and, and like, I've seen you guys just like camp out on that thing. And I'm sitting here going, <laughs> Man, you guys are crazy. I, I see you guys doing an end-of-the-year offering. Don't you know what times and seasons we are? This world's getting crazy, and y'all are doing an end-of-the-year offering? I, I, I see how Christians live, and you may even look and go, I like you, but man, I don't know how I could ever do that. Bingo. You nailed it. And neither could I. Growing up, Growing up, I couldn't figure out how these people got this way. And I had to come face to face with the reality that I knew Jesus, but I wasn't born again. I knew Jesus, but I had not died to the flesh to live in the Spirit. 
And it took a little bit, but it happened. And it didn't happen because a preacher told me you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And maybe you grew up in that church. It was a list of rules. And it was like, this is the evidence that you're saved. I, I did that. And I never felt closer to God. But I knew there was a Holy Spirit knocking on the door of my heart. Encouraging me. Kid, just let go. Kid, just let go. Come follow me. Come follow me. And guess what? I did. I did and I learned some amazing things that I can't change me. And you can't change you either. But I can trust. I can trust. And if I want to do life with Jesus, I'm going to see some amazing things. And this isn't an Old Testament thing, or New Testament thing. This is an Old Testament thing too. Let me, let me show you what I found way back before Jesus, way back before the whole John story. Let me show you something real quick. Ezekiel chapter 36. Listen closely to these words. This is, this is like the prophecy of the coming Messiah. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. When I come, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, which means I'm going to soften your heart. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Oh my gosh. This is the foretelling of what will happen in the days that we're living today. I will give you a new heart. I will take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to, to, to know me, to walk with me in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. But one of the things I want you to see, and I said a minute ago, you can't change you. Look how many times in this portion of prophecy the word I will pops up. I will give you a new heart. And I will take your heart of stone and give you a soft heart. And I will put my spirit within you. And this is the encouragement that all you have to do is say yes, Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus, I want to do life with you. And when you let him do the I will in your life, he says, and you will. You'll be able to do all the things you think's crazy right now. You'll it'll be able to make sense as you begin to see. And you're going to stumble and you're going to have questions. And it's not going to be an overnight fix. It's going to be one of these things that one day is just going to make sense. And it didn't make sense before. But you will be able to step into all the things that you so badly want to see in your life. How do you love your neighbor? You will have the Holy Spirit that will change your heart of stone. How do you become a good dad? You will have the Holy Spirit who will change your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. How do I become a good wife? How do I become a good husband? How do I lead my family? I didn't have that in my life. It's okay, it's okay. I will change you and you will be the person that I called you to be. And it's because... We were born 
again with the spirit of the living God inside of us. So, Jesus is still talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is having a hard time. Jesus just turns and says, aren't you the leader of the Jews? Don't you know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do, and you do not receive our witness. And then he goes on. He says, I have told you earthly things, and you don't believe it, Nicodemus. I'm using earthly words, earthly phrases, and it's not getting from here to here. How will you believe me if I tell you heavenly things? If you don't even get the earthly things, I understand. No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, and that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. So, real quick, two points today. And the first one I want you to get, I'm going to come back to it at the end of today's message. But it could be the very reason you're here today because you're trying to do this based on your own flesh, your own condition of your heart, the, the pain of your soul, and your body's going to places it shouldn't go, and you're ready for something. You're ready to receive what God wants for your life. Can I turn to you and tell you, you must be born again. Not of the flesh, for the flesh produces flesh. You must be born again in the spirit. You must surrender your will. You must be born again. But once you're born again, Peter, crazy ear-chopping-off Peter, crazy fisherman Peter, writes this book. And he brings up something really interesting. And so let's jump to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. He says, having been born again. At, when you surrender... When you let go, when you choose to live life with Jesus and you are born again with a new spirit, not of corruptible seed, like we were ahead of the water, we were just planting weeds. My life was just planting weeds, planting weeds, planting weeds. And I was born this way. But incorruptible. When you've been born again and now your heart has turned towards the things of God. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Okay, stop real quick. I got hung up on this this week. And I began to think, you may be in this room and you know what it's like to be born again. Really, honestly, truly, you're not the same person you used to be. For all the unbelievers in the room, you're like, I want to be born again. Listen closely to the conversation now I'm having. You guys stand behind me. Let's look at everybody in the room that's like, I'm born again, but it's, man, I'm just not growing in my faith. I love Jesus. I love his people. I am a new person. There's no doubt about it. But it's almost like I'm starving. You're going to love point number two. You ready for this? According to what Peter says, we grow our spirit through the word of God. Okay? And, and he's specifically saying we grow by walking with Jesus. But I want to put it in a 2023 version. Jesus, you know what, if we got to do life with Jesus, you know what Jesus would turn to every one of us and say right now? He'd say, hey, hey, let's go eat. 
which is really good, huh? Which is really good. And you would think he meant roses. And you would go eat with Jesus, and he'd go, hey, this is just food. And then he may say something that kind of tickles your ear, because you remember he said this once before. Hey, listen, eat this bread, and you'll only hunger again. But the bread I have to offer, you'll never hunger again. Your spirit, for those in the room, that you're a born-again new believer in Christ Jesus, your spirit craves spiritual bread. Your spirit craves spiritual conversation. Your spirit craves a prayer life. Your spirit craves the presence of Almighty God. Your spirit craves to go do life with Jesus. Your spirit is a new spirit. But can I turn to you and tell you, some of you are wanting to lose weight. You're wanting to go to the gym. Can I tell you, the last time you did this, you really messed up. And your pastor CrossFit coach is now going to turn to you and say, let's, let's look at what you did. You got all excited. You bought your $20 gym membership at Planet Fitness. You got the black card, which means you can tan when you don't feel like working out. Oh, I know how you work. I know how you work, okay? And you started going to the gym, and you started lifting, and you started doing the, the Stairmaster. Oh, that Stairmaster's a beast, man. And you started, maybe you started going to CrossFit, and you started working out. But you did something really wrong. You thought you would only increase the productivity by starving yourself. And when week two hit, man, your body couldn't move anymore. And you thought it's because the workouts were hard, and they were hard. You were putting in the work. But the reality is, you quit eating. I want to turn to you and tell you how important it is for you to eat when you work out. Your body needs fuel. You can't work out without carbs. And you can't grow muscle without protein. And how crazy is it to think that we can starve ourselves and get physically fit? The body shuts down. The same way, how are we going to spiritually grow if we don't feed our spirit? I'm going to do something real quick. Have a lot of fun. This is just me. I know what time it is. Don't worry about it. Um, Cowboys are going to win. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I, uh, I, I want to stop, and I'm going to do something very pastorially coachy fun. I went and searched out scriptures based on just kind of how Holy Spirit would say, do that one. I'm like, okay, I'll do this one. Like, okay, and do this one. There's someone who needs to hear this one. And, I, and these are random Holy Spirit-led, private time, me and, me and Holy Spirit upstairs. I couldn't do all the ones that you want, so we did the ones that he gave. And I want you to do something. As I read these to you, what does it do to your spirit? And I want you to look deeper. As I read these, what do they do to your soul? Okay? And then we're looking at, okay, you must be born again. But the second one, you got to go eat with Jesus. You got to gorge with Jesus. 
you need to feed your spirit. First thing Holy Spirit brought up, he said, ask them if there's anybody in the room that still deals with their anger. Okay. Anybody still deal with their anger? Don't get mad. <laughs> that was funny. See, I did that. That's funny. Don't get mad. Okay. Uh, listen, with all the German, Irish, Mexican heritage in this room right now, we all got a little temper going on. All right? Oh, has it, have you struggled with it? Have you thought to yourself, God, I just can't win this battle? Because you're not feeding your spirit to heal your soul. And the word, let me, James chapter 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Listen, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Does anybody in the room battle anxiety? You just worry. You worry about if you have enough. You worry about if you're making enough. You're worried about where the kids are going to go. You're worried, you're worried. You're worried about the future of America. You're worried. You're worried. Let me stop you. That is not God's plan for your life, and you're starving. And you've got to feed your spirit for faith. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I just want you to recognize, what does this do to your spirit when you hear it? Guys, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide, will guide, will guide your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The fleshly man wants to worry. The spirit man is fed by the words of God. And his spirit grows and his soul heals and his body is directed on where to go. Let's, let's talk about being in God's care. You know, for a pastor, I can tell you that I get nervous about well, what am I supposed to speak on? What am I supposed to speak on? Let me show you one of my favorite verses just to let me know that God's got this. Luke chapter 21, verse 14. Therefore, settle in your heart. I have to sometimes stop and put my name here. Therefore, settle in your heart, Tybean, not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth of wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. And I have to remember that even to the moment that I don't know what I'm going to say, I know the very moment that God says now, he will give me the words to speak you know why this would encourage your heart so much? We don't know how to teach our kids. We don't know what to say. Where do I begin? I want to start off with, are you stupid? Right? Yeah. Maybe that's just my kids. And, <laughs> and then that's not, that's not going to open a door to your kid's heart. So what if we allowed the Spirit of God to speak to the Spirit that is inside of us that moved us from a heart of stone to a heart of knowing exactly what to do? And we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to show us this scripture that says, listen, settle it in your minds that the moment that God will give you the answer in the very moment, and as you open your mouth, wisdom, wisdom, love, is patience, kindness is going to come out, and your kids will be able to receive it. Let's talk some more about the goodness of God. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. 
Don't ever doubt my grace. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most assuredly, I will, I, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Is there anybody that feels weak right now? You're, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Because in your weakness, it reveals the greatness of God. Quit trying to fix it. Tr quit trying to, to make it happen and just surrender. And your spirit has been telling you this for a long time, but your flesh has been embarrassed. Your flesh is wanting people to see the right side of you. You've been putting on this fake front, and your spirit is saying, when are you going to let go and let God be all sufficient in your life? And in your weakness, he will make you strong. John chapter 15, verse 7. If, I, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. This isn't, this isn't Jesus' wish list scripture. You can ask for whatever you want. Most people think that's what it means. It doesn't mean you can ask for whatever you want. It means that if you abide in him and our hearts are changed to be right with God, and our spirit has received the things of Jesus that changes our soul and our wants become God wants. And God's desires become our desires. We can innocently, purely ask and God will answer our prayers. No longer do our prayers sound selfish because we have been born again and we're feeding the spirit and it is changing our soul and it is leading our body. Has anybody in the room felt failure before? just feel like a failure. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet he was, remained without sin. Let us therefore, you ready for this? This should stir your spirit. Let us therefore come, become, come, to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help, grace to help in times of need. Your flesh is going to cause you to want to go into a dark corner. But when you feed your spirit, it's going to pull you out of that corner and it's going to lead you to the light. And now is a time to come boldly to the throne of grace. Finances. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. M money is a wonderful thing, wonderful tool, meant to be a blessing, but it can become your master. And you will never understand the balance of money if we don't feed the spirit to heal the soul to lead the body. Proverbs 11, verse 28, he who trusts in, in his riches will fail, but the righteousness will flourish like foliage. It seems impossible to our mind. How do I let go of money and prosper? It's because it comes from God. Because you're gonna see that when, master, when money doesn't master me and I'm able to surrender to the Lord, he brings forth growth in every area of my life. Friendship. There's a man in the room 
that you're just ready to be alone. You're ready to go to Alaska and buy a, uh, forget buy, I just want to move into the middle of nowhere and build a log cabin and, and eat off the land and blueberries and fish all day. And I'm tired of people. I'm done with everybody. Okay, wait, wait, wait. That's your flesh talking. The reality is that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their, for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. And woe, woe to him who is alone. For when he falls, he has no one to help him up. God has called your spirit to have friends. God has called your spirit to make friends. And yeah, you've been through the friend gauntlet. Maybe friends have done some horrible things to you and they hurt your soul. The word of God will heal it through the spirit of the living God who will direct you and show you that he's put people in your life. You just need to open your life back up. And the people that God puts around you will heal your soul. And you will be able to be where you're supposed to be. You will find the miracle in friendship. Hope, and this is my last and final one. How am I doing so far? I don't know who I'm talking to, but this was, every one of these I believe is meant for someone. You have hope. You have hope in this room. In Romans chapter 15, verse four, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we know the patience and comfort of the scriptures, that they might have hope. You are to feed your spirit. And if you're not feeding your spirit, that is, the, that is your prayer when you go home. God, I can't starve spiritually anymore. I believe in you. I love you. But I, I am not feeding my spirit. I'm going to give you some secrets, some secret sauce for me. Every one of these scriptures that we, we saw pop up here, I would have loved it if I saw your camera light go off, like you're taking pictures of it, to memorize it, to look at it, to take a look at it. Scripture memory is a big part of my life. Let me tell you, it doesn't make me a better pastor. It makes me a better person. One of the big temptations of a pastor is we study to preach instead of study to be the man God's called us to be. And so my time with Jesus is precious for the dad I'm going to be and the husband and the person that I am. I'm no good as a pastor if I'm not led by the Spirit of the living God through his word as a person. So scripture memory is very important to me. And these scriptures that I popped up in front of you, Scripture memory since I was 19 years old have been a big part of my life. It renews my spirit. In fact, I dug deep down in some boxes and I pulled out my 19-year-old scripture memory cards. And on the back are two key verses to kind of help me you know, remember what it's about. And then, then I, I, let me read you the first one here. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I started memorizing that at 19 years old. Can you, can you imagine a 19-year-old typing going, Matthew 6, 21, Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. I go to the next one. Uh, Romans 12, 44, or 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse. You have some free time in your day, and you're either gonna scroll on Instagram or you're gonna feed your spirit. And Jesus wants you to be with him to feed your spirit.
to heal your soul and then to lead your body. These are the new scripture memory verse cards for typing. They could be for you. Give you an idea. I need, I need a lot of peace right now as a pastor, as a person living in the world we're living in. And I just flooded these with peace scriptures. And you can take them and instead of scrolling to Instagram on the job site, you just pop them open and you just start going down the list. And you go to each one. And you go to each one. And you just keep them right there. And then when you get home, here's the fun part. They were in the front, now you just put it in the back. And then tomorrow, you start on the next group. These have guided my life since I was 19 years old. And it's got to the point where there's a rhythm that goes on. Your spirit needs to be fed. Through prayer and the word of God. Now I'm going to turn, and I'm, I'm wrapping this up. This is, I'm done. But some of you in this room, you need Jesus. You'll never know his plans for you if you don't receive the sacrifice that was made for you. The old you is never going to lead to the things of God. And you need to be born again. It's, it'll sound, it's a prayer. A simple prayer, a confession of God, I've ran from you. I've ignored you. I've even mocked you. And the reality is there's a God-sized hole in my heart. And I need you. If you're in this room, you would say, like those baptism candidates, I need Jesus. Shoot, we could take care of it right now. But I need you to just close your eyes real quick. No one looking around. Is the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart right now? Is, is He right now saying, come on, you've ducked and dove and ignored and ran away from, you've tried to drink me away, you've tried to run away, but I have not given up because I'm not giving up. I am your God who made you and formed you. I know the secret parts of you. I know the things that no one knows about you, and I'm tired of you running, and I'm ready for you to run to me. It's time to walk away from the flesh and to step into the spirit. And maybe you're in this place and you know exactly what it means to be born again. But you're really good at saying no to bad things, but you've got to get better. You've got to walk with Jesus in going and dining with the Father. Father, I pray for this group. Holy Spirit, I just release them to you to do whatever it is that you want to do in their life. 
And I pray in this closing song, Coram Deo would take place between you and them. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.